Dr. James Huey, psychologist of, uh, and for 30 years you've been in psychology. Yes, 30 years. Some form or the other, and uh, where did you spend most of your time? Probably uh, all over. One of the things I really <laughs> like about my, my father was in the Navy, and I think he taught me the desire and pleasure of just roaming around and experiencing lots of things in life. So I've been in this country, I've lived in Montana and Colorado and Texas and Maryland and here in North Carolina, so... Yeah, and I like to travel the world, so it's it's hard to say where I'm really from. Except right now, I'm from Goldsboro. Well, with your dad in the Navy, golly, you uh, that's probably where you get this uh, thing for the friendship we're going to mention after a while. The, the sailing in the water, huh? Yes, I I think probably there's something in the blood in that line. We uh, yeah. I do like the sea as much as he did. He was in the Navy for 27 years. Friendship is two words, not one word. Correct. Uh, friendship. What what is this? What is this project? The thing you've been involved in? Ten years ago or so when I was in private practice in Brevard, North Carolina, I just took cruises and found out that people really wanted a chance to be heard. No matter whether I told them I was a psychologist or not, just if I would agree to listen to their story, they were ready to tell me things that they wanted to be heard. And I used to be on these cruises and it was word of the ship and I wanted to kind of convey the idea of being a friend. And so I just kind of put the words together, friendship, and just separated it. So the emphasis on the nautical aspect of it. For the last uh, four years, I've been doing it as an enrichment lecturer on ships, in which I'm part of the ship's entertainment staff, where they have a choice between listening to me talk about perfectionism and self-esteem and personal retreats at sea, taking the concept of doing retreats that you can kind of withdraw from your normal, regular roles and commitments and get away at sea and just spend time in a friendship model and talk with one person about anything you want to talk about. Well, for one thing, you've got people away from their home environment or their work environment, and uh, I imagine you see a different person altogether to start with. Well, here in uh, Goldsboro at the uh, Wingsboro Family Clinic, where I do the so-called traditional counseling and psychotherapy, where it takes a while for people to open up on land. But on sea, it's amazing. It's just almost like when they pull away from the pier, they're ready to start talking, and, tell, <laughs> and they'll tell you things they wouldn't think of telling me because then they never have to see me again. They also know they've only got seven days or ten days. I'm going to say what I have to say. Okay, let's start at the Waynesboro Family Clinic. What seems to be the biggest concern? What, what, what is the big problem right now, people? Is there a recurring problem? Probably, if I had to pick up one thing that I see in both things, both at the clinic and I see in the need of friendship, is someone to listen. One of the things is that I believe we are in a culture where most everyone likes to talk. We like somebody to listen to us, but we have a very difficult time being heard. At the clinic, I generally find couples who have been married for years, and they'll start almost inevitably in the first 10 minutes, he slash she doesn't listen. And that same kind of pattern over and over again. People get very, very frustrated, and that creates a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety, a lot of anger. And so probably in the treatment model, the very first thing we offer is a kind of quiet, supportive, kind, listening environment. That sounds, that sounds good. I, I, always, I wonder what some of the solutions are. You know, there's always questions or people pinpoint problems. How do you deal with this with people that say they don't listen? Just what? get them to talk louder? <laughs> well, you know, that's, that's it. What happens is somebody that does to do that very same thing, like with a husband and wife, and they'll start having a disagreement, and they'll stay the same thing, except they'll just raise their voice level. Like, just once again, if I say it louder, it makes it clearer, and it doesn't. 
<laughs> it just gets the other person a little more angry. A little more angry, a little more frustrated, because once again, so often there's a belief, I know that I'm right, and I just need to have someone reconfirm that. And so they kind of seek an alliance sometimes. But generally, depression, anxiety, and marital communication are the three main issues that I see in my private practice. How do you, uh, is there a certain age that people tend to all of a sudden say, I want to talk to a psychologist, they want to talk to you and find out what to do? Is there a, a, a general age? No, I've, I found that so we work with young people in the teenage group all the way up to people in their 60s and 70s, people who maybe hit a certain age and suddenly realize, hey, I need to do something different. What I'm doing in my life just really isn't working. I need to make some kind of change. Unfortunately, most of them want to come and change the outcome without changing the process. Which means? Basically, it's kind of like someone who um, gets heartburn from eating salsa and beans. Well, they want to keep eating salsa and beans, but they don't want to have heartburn. (laughs) A more frequent one would be someone who says, I'm very alone. I feel lonely. But then they want to go home and they stay within their apartment wondering why the world isn't knocking at their door. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, you've got to, I guess, meet things halfway. You're going to stay on the same pattern. In other words, nothing is going to change until you make a turn somewhere along that path. At some point, we have to make some kind of change. Otherwise, we keep doing the same thing. And if things are going well, that's fine. But if you're feeling kind of anxious or you're feeling kind of down and dejected or you're feeling like you're having communication difficulties with your spouse or family then it's probably time to bring in an impartial person like a psychologist. You mentioned when people get on board ship, they seem they open up them almost immediately. They say things that uh, maybe they wouldn't have said back at home. We're back at home around land. Is, is, uh, seems to be a, a more friendly atmosphere. You know, they, they, we would think church would be one place. Well, one of the difficulties in church as well as a lot of our home environment, is we tend to have expectations of people. And there isn't the opportunity for people to leave their expectations. For example, their pastor may have expectations of them. Their family has expectations of them. They're their co-worker, their boss. For example, you may be coming on your surface, be a very jovial, happy person. But what happens if you come in one morning and you don't have a joke for somebody? They'll say, what's wrong? You're not meeting their expectations of who you should be. When you go to sea, you leave all of those behind and you get a chance to, quote, like a fresh start. You meet people on an even keel. You get a chance to talk about yourself. You get a chance to hear. It's very even. And that's a big change. Now, have you found with the people that have opened up and talked and found out what their problems are that they've been able to cope once they got back off the cruise? Well, that's one of the reasons we have a conversation line, the uh, 800 service. This is an opportunity for, example, if I meet someone from Seattle, rather than having them to either take another personal retreat at sea or having to come to Goldsboro, they can just call up the 800 service and we can talk through and maybe continue some of the issues that we were talking about at sea. So they kind of fuel one another and feed into each other. Now, you've been dealing so long with psychology and people. and How about some, some advice or maybe quick advice, uh, if it's possible, for, uh, say, mom and dad dealing with teenager and the teenager dealing with mom and dad? First, the parents with the teenager. What, what should they be doing? 
I, I still would say very much, regardless of almost any issue, I start off with the premises. Are we listening to each other? Or are we so busy doing what most of us do, which is take turns talking or yelling in some of those cases? But are we really listening to what the other person is saying? Am I so busy while you're talking, thinking of what I'm going to say in response or how I'm going to straighten you out if I get the chance, (laughs) if I'll just point my finger at you or do something? Then I think that's almost the first step before you can really do anything because Really, we're talking about individual people. We're not just talking about adults and teenagers like all teenagers are the same or all parents are the same. We're individuals, and we, we need that recognition of human individuality. Is there a good time during the day for people to actually try a, a I don't want to say conversation, I guess a, a, listen, a, listen, a listening-ation. Is that a word or whatever? <laughs> well, let's create it. You know. <laughs> I, I find it, it's not so much the time of day as the fact that you make sure that it is a specified part of the day. What Some people are morning talkers. Some people like to do it sort of in the midday. Some people want to do it at night. It's, it's an individual thing. But not to put it off like, well, I'll get to it if I have time. Or if the TV show goes off. Or if we get up early enough. It's like, if we're going to talk at 7 o'clock, Let's set up that time and make that our conversation time. Kind of like if you have prayer time. Make it a specified period of time. Not just something, well, I'll pray whenever I get everything else done. Well, and as the day goes along um, and people talk, does that become step two when you find out somebody says, well, you haven't been listening all this time. I've been trying to tell you something. Can you go from there? Yeah, because then once again, if I understand what you're trying to tell me and I'm striving to be in a win-win situation, then I'm going to help you win rather than trying to convert you, trying to change you. I'm going to try and help you get what you want. And one of the things about the golden rule concept is if you help me and I help you, we both win up winners. Well, you had a thing that uh, you had given to me about being a friend. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess basically when you when you copy it all down, it's a friend that's not going to leave you no matter what you do. It's yeah, so, still, you know, bad or good or whether you're broke or rich or, or you say something stupid, uh, he, he or she is still there. And I can be myself. I don't have to be always uh, a psychologist. I don't always have to be really gracious. I don't always have to be kind and sensitive. I can be me. I can say anything, do anything, as long as it's genuinely me. I call a friend being someone with whom you can really dare to be yourself. And there are relatively few people that we interact in our lives that allow us to just be us. Now, if someone goes on the cruise with you on the friendship, of course they're probably saying, gee, I need a friend, I need to talk to someone. Are there indications that uh, maybe you ought to come just talk and, and vent some of your frustrations? And well, some, one of the things is that some people feel more comfortable once they know someone. It, it's very difficult to just walk into a stranger. So that's why I do the entertainment programs on board the ship. I, I talk in a theater, and we have anywhere from 100 to 150, 200 people. And they look at me and they say, hey, that guy looks like he's fairly sane. You know, he doesn't look like a stereotype of the uh, pipe smoking, stroking his goatee. <laughs> so why don't I go talk to him? So I just make myself available around the ship in the library, by the pool. And people will say, well, one thing I'd like to ask you. And then we're off. And I'm their friend. I'm someone who they can talk to and hopefully be safe. Well, let's see, Dr. James Huey. 
They can contact you at Waynesboro Family Clinic. Right. right. Uh, 734-6676. Okay. Well, I hope everything goes well this summer, and let me know how things go. Well, thank you for having me this morning. It's always a great thing to be able to talk. Well, I was glad to listen. <laughs> WGBR Goldsboro, it's 9 o'clock.